and we're back and you are listening to villain cast bjj anti-heroes with myself chris the villain pains and naki el jefe arshed and welcome to reap the week firstly a thank you to our sponsors the lovely patrons on patreon thank you for believing in this work and if you'd like to learn more about supporting this channel along with receiving exclusive content such as technique breakdowns along with personal coaching you can find out more via chrispainesbjj.com Another episode of Read the Week. I think this is like episode 20 now. Uh, how's it going, Nack? We're good, man. You're good? Yeah, man. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's been a long weekend for jiu-jitsu, I think. Yes. A, a, a very joyful weekend. Yeah, so uh, basically uh, what happened this weekend was uh, because of all the work we've been doing over the past year with changing up the content changing how we want to train we kind of went to hibernation as a gym um which i think was the best especially in the last four months uh i think we hit like a really good stride with how we wanted to train um and now this is like we came out of hibernation um went and competed as a team for the first time in well since before the pandemic easily um i mean a couple of the guys have been going out a couple of times um but not many not as not as many as we took out this weekend uh and it was interesting to it was an experiment uh how does this mindset stack up in other words um i think it went well yeah how do you think it went i think it really it went really well it was uh good to see uh because remember we were talking on Thursday thinking like this could either go really well or we're going to completely fucked it and there's no, uh, you know, we'll have to come back with another plan. Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting. Uh, so on the Greg Sodas podcast which uh, that we did on here, which was like episode 17, I think it was. Uh, cool, we actually have episodes I can refer back to. <laughs> um, so what happened on that uh, episode was... Uh, he mentioned it might be on the episode it might be the conversation we had prior or after or whatever uh he mentioned about danaher and again going off memory here but it being okay to fuck up teaching as long as you can kind of come back and be humble and go right i was wrong uh we need to do it better and it was nice to hear that even from like the, the highest level to be like yeah it's okay to fuck up teaching it's okay to to think you have a right idea and go actually it wasn't uh we can we can change that and uh, if you're willing to go along on this journey with me then i'll do my best for you uh and that's how it definitely felt thursday before all before we went out yeah. and did this competition was like is it going to go really well or we fucked it um that's and uh, again yeah that training session was a rough one they were all on point vibe yeah dude maybe we trained too hard on that thursday um so uh basically the way we've been training up changing up training recently is uh again for anyone listening like naki knows this because <laughs> he was in the gym with me um <laughs> is uh we haven't been teaching guard like guards or guard passing specifically or even submissions for the past three four months i don't think we've done it since since the winter definitely winter yeah which is crazy for a jiu-jitsu gym i mean we are the you know jiu-jitsu is the cult of the guard and to go no we're not doing it uh we're going to go in a different direction Mm -hmm. um it's a bit alien and you get a lot of well isn't it just wrestling then where it's like well, no, because wrestling is a different sport, which is taking someone down and pinning them on their back. Yeah. Essentially what we're doing, but submissions are involved yeah. and there are legs to pass, which could catch us off, like uh, put us in danger. So it's jujitsu, but maybe just a different approach to jujitsu, not the cult of the guard jujitsu. And that was, I mean, it's also quite difficult in that, you know, we're trying, the, the reason why we, we didn't want to play guard was to get people out of this, mindset that it's okay to be on your back um it's not and we'll get into that a bit later on uh and yeah they um 
it's hard to then try and teach people to deal with the guard when you're not teaching a guard. That's been a, a conundrum, shall we say? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was uh, so. A couple of the stand. I mean, it was only a small competition. It was, uh, you know, white belts and blue belts. Uh, pretty decent. It's a very well-run competition. It's called Role Models in Stoke-on-Trent in the UK. Um, and it was some of the guys' first competitions. It was first time stepping out and dealing with nerves and competition mindset, which uh, I'll also think we got to talk about uh, a bit later on. Yeah. And yeah, the. Uh, Especially not teaching submissions. That's the interesting one. Is like watching them hunt for just general dominance, um, yeah. and yeah, that's that's uh, that's it with the points. And they got submissions as well. It's not like they didn't get submissions. No, but they a lot of the submissions. No, I think pretty much all the submissions we got were via the top. Like yeah. no one gave up position for submission. Um, interesting that we're we, watching that. I mean, it was. It caused me. I so I had my uh, my 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 watch on, uh, my Fitbit watch on all day, mm-hmm. and my heart rate didn't drop really below one twenty, one thirty for the entire day. Yeah. Um, and like I said I I didn't do much outside of uh, being at the competition, but I I walked on like seven miles yesterday according to my Fitbit. The amount of steps I put in, just wandering around from mat to mat, my trying to make sure I was. Mine shows a step count on my phone, and it told me I'd done over ten thousand likes. But obviously, I didn't want to look at it after that. I got a, I got a notification as I was running around. I was like, "Oh, already?" <laughs> yeah, dude. I think I hit about fourteen thousand or something stupid yeah. like that. Something like, I was yeah. like, "That's an unnecessary amount of steps." Mm-hmm. Um, and it was good as well having you there because we would like, you know, because at some point there was only three mats uh, in the venue, um, and I think at one point every mat had one what? of our yeah team members on and so we were like god just go there go there and it was yeah that was yeah. hella stressful um but yeah like i said it was i mean some of the guys you know would get top position then go submission hunting anyway i was like don't you fucking lose top please <laughs> you've done so well you've got 30 seconds left you're winning yeah. um also like those who dominated and you know got over the nerves and uh their cardio was was it's been interesting as well like um changing up to seven minute rounds yeah which makes sense if you're white in a blue belt and you're doing five minute rounds okay i can understand for maybe white belt ish although you are only training to the exact amount of cardio you need why don't you just go for a minute longer yeah blue belt you're you selling yourself out if you're doing five minute rounds because you're going to compete at sixes um so seven seemed to make the most sense because it, you know, it's there for purple belts, and the other guys get way more cardio in there, and they didn't look that tired. Like they kept going, um, which I was happy about. I think the the change up on the round time was interesting, and like talking to people when I was away, like uh, about round times, etc. And they said, "Oh yeah, do five minutes." Mm-hmm. Why? I think it's just because it's an easy to to multiply number it's a nice number yeah, everyone likes they agreed with our justification and straight away it was like we hardly had any rebuttal it was like it made sense to them <laughs> yeah it's like well why do you choose five is it just because it's an easy multiplied number <laughs> it's an it's one of the easy numbers like no one likes seven like five five is an easy number you can yeah. you can figure it out in like five ten how many rounds you've done seven's weird mm-hmm. maybe we should go up to eight yeah i was thinking that <laughs> <laughs> let's just change it up to eight for a bit see what happens yeah. um <laughs> which i understand like although i remember there was a uh maybe a podcast or something or an interview with chael sonnen and he was on about training with george st pierre once who just did five five minute rounds but he went balls to the wall for those five minutes and then stopped yeah, he was I've like yeah do exactly how much you need and that's it so i think again it's part of an experiment Let's see what happens. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I was very happy with the uh, push for dominance, as in um, trying to keep top position, keeping high hips, keeping square to the ground, um, making sure the other person just stayed on the ground underneath them 
and even in scrambles just making sure that that no matter how the scramble went their hips ended up on top at the end and they listen to our coaching man they listened yeah. to everything like <laughs> they were just did everything we told them <laughs> well that's the interesting thing like i may be completely off the mark here and i don't mind i like hearing people criticize what i say it <laughs> happens a lot um but i was talking you know to the guys on thursday and uh in in one to one sessions etc about like visualization and competition prep um again maybe completely wrong with the idea of visualization but to me um i look at it as you know i i remember talking to one of the guys who you know said what do you understand by the idea of visualization he went oh you know visualize yourself winning i was like that's not really that helpful <laughs> you just imagine your arm in the air and that's it like okay fine fantastic great dream um but i said about how about see it as okay take a step back I think we mentioned this on previous podcasts, but it's good to go over it again. Like, what causes the nerves before a competition? Mm. Um, I think you can probably agree with half the stuff I'm about to say, at least. Yeah. Uh, and you're asking, you know, people have been asked this question millions of times. You know, what 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 are you nervous about before a competition? And the general answers are all oh, getting injured or looking like a twat in front of my teammates or in front of an audience. Uh, they're not not many of those hold water really Mm. um because if you look like a twat in front of your friends and teammates they don't care yeah they're still your friends at the end of it they're not gonna like go up wanker i'm gonna ignore him like they'll rally around you if you lose um you never let your team down ever that doesn't happen um your friends care about you more than what you do on the mat um an injury we train injured yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> how many times do you go rolling i mean okay maybe because we're from the uk maybe we don't care as much because we have healthcare. um slight slight jab to our american friends uh but we don't care if we get injured normally in training and we'll normally come in injured so why does it matter you know in the chance of getting injured in competition like it's okay. There's fluke circumstances, landing wrong and shit like that, because it's high intensity. But usually, you only get injured if you don't tap. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a dick then. Tap, lose. It's fine. Ish. <laughs> um. So the in the the one that kind of really gets me is this. Uh, again, I remember reading some NFL coaches and what they do to deal with pre comp stress. And it's trying to control the unknown. Is it's trying to control the stuff that's out of your control? And I remember sitting down with one of the guys, Archie, the other day, and I was like, "Have you looked up your opponents on Instagram?" Yes. Did it make you nervous? Mm-hmm. Yes, because mm-hmm. now you're trying to control. Again, you're trying to like control variables, like try and get a grip of the situation, but you can't. Like now you've seen this person, how's that going to help you? Mm. Like, okay, look, watch their fights and stuff. Look what they do, but then you feel like you haven't prepared enough for them. So it's it grinds into you, especially like you know white and blue belt. It's it's not healthy for you at all. No. Um. And like, how many times have you done that before? Like before a competition, like looked up who's in your division. No, not divisions. When I have one on ones, then I do obviously try and study. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But never. I, I, I don't even check. I just turn up. Oh yeah, you do now. But you've always been a savage. Yeah. Um, but I remember doing it. I remember previously, uh, people on the team saying, "Oh, I've checked. She's from a judo club, and oh, I haven't worked my gi takedowns." Mm-hmm. I'm like, for God's sake, it's it causes you self panic. Um, weight cutting's another one. Because, you know, you walk in the gym, you don't check the weight of everyone you roll against. You know, someone can outweigh you by 10 pounds, 10 kilos or whatever. And you'd be like, cool. And there might be one or two belts above you. Like, cool, that's fine. You know, 10 pounds and, and, and two belts above me, we're good. But go against someone your weight 
and your level. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> it's like again, you wake up to try and like make yourself the biggest of that division, try and control that variable, um, and it all just adds that anxiety. Um, and one of the things that these these NFL coaches say, like, take things back under your control. Say to yourself, I am going to have some water. Um, or something like that. I am going to tie my shoelaces. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- and that was the interesting thing about doing some visualization work. Is like, right, I want you to do things that are proactive. Don't say to yourself, oh, what if they pull guard? Shall I do this? That's reactionary. Like, oh, if they shoot for a takedown, and I need to work on my sprawls. Like, it's all reactionary. You try and control these variables again. Think proactive. Think, I will. I will hand fight. I will stay on top. I will keep my hips square to the ground, regardless of what they do. That's, I think, more productive visualization work. Yeah, it's very straightforward as well. There's nothing, it's straight to the point. You're not, you know, again, it's what you can do. You're in control of it. Yeah, exactly. And keeping it. In a, in a not specific and not too broad, as in I will hand fight, not yeah. I will hunt for a neck or a guillotine, like hunt for a specific choke. Like no, you'll hand fight, you'll contain, control the space, you'll pass the hips, you'll maintain dominance. Yeah, you'll attach yourself to the hips, um, and then you make those things happen. Um, just you know, despite what the other person is doing. Um, and it was, uh, it's also easily creates easy trigger words for a coach yes as in saying i realized yeah, that yes that was it was amazing watching it i was sitting at the sidelines and i'd be like okay archie i want you to keep your hips higher and then you do it and you go thank you archie and you're like <laughs> instead of like get on top get on top and no he's going up keep your hips higher now yeah. and he makes it happen um Tom Preston yeah, on those, point. yeah and even like you know he's had some real nerve problems in the past in like yeah. getting in his own asshole a little bit um but being able to just go right hips higher now does it hand fight now does it like easily digestible things and he was um, very down recently because he hasn't we wasn't winning recently so now he's won some matches yesterday as well exactly and it it worked in his favor um and it was again like just being able to call out those simple instructions instead of like super complicated stuff, which if you know, you, you call like go for a triangle now. It's like by the time you've seen it, registered it, screamed it out, and they've heard you, registered it, the moment's gone. Yeah. The, you know, it's broad ideas. It's easily, it's stuff they would have done in visualization before the competition. It would have like, you know, especially in classes. I think that's the interesting one as well. It's actually doing it in classes. Mm. Like calling out, I want to do. You know, we're going to go in and we're going to do some like situational sparring or whatever. Right. I want you to hand fight and keep your hips higher. Like easily recallable moments. Yeah. Um, that you can then go just turn it on again when they're there. Like that was really impressive to watch. Mm. Um, again, it's, you know, it, it did, I think, help with some of the nerves as in they were like, you know, every time they were kind of starting to worry, it's like, no, to bring it back. Your thing's under your control. Yeah. Get your hips higher now. Um, yeah, I'm happy with with some good performance with that. Really good performances. Yeah, like again, it, you know, dealing with competition nerves is a bitch, and I think we said it before, like it's the amount of high level athletes who will even self sabotage to give themselves an excuse and an out if things go wrong. Yeah. Like, you know, wasn't it Paulo Costa before the Adesanya fight who said he, um, you know, got wasted on wine the night before the yeah. fight? <laughs> like, good God, you're about to go fight for the biggest thing in your career ever. If you win, like, the... the Even, like, in a, in a general kind of high-level fight like that, you know, when you get your win bonus, if you win, you're going to be doubling your money. Yeah. Like, you're going to look after yourself. And if, it's, if you're going for a title fight... You are in the fucking bucks, my friend. Like for every reason, and here they are going. Oh yeah, that's you know the biggest fight of my career is tomorrow. I'm gonna go get blackout drunk yeah. on wine. <laughs> uh, 
It's so you get an out. So if you lose, you can go, oh, yeah, but I was, I was drunk last night. Yeah. What the fuck are you drunk for? You got spanked in that fight as well. Exactly. So you could, you could have an out as well. And it's like, he's not the only one that is, you know, saying they went out all night with clubbing and stuff or partying before a fight. You think, the fuck are you doing? Mm. Um, <laughs> bonkers. Um, mm. Or like people who go, like, going injured. Like, if, you, if you're badly injured, like, delay the fight or something. But to hide the injury, to then just call it out afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I had a broken hand going in. Well, when the fuck didn't you say something? <laughs> <laughs> so you got an out again. So if you lose, oh, yeah, I had a broken hand. Well, whose fucking stupid idea was it then to fight? Yeah. Um, I mean, I get we all fight injured, but come on. Like, there's a level of doing that and there's also giving yourself an out. Um, it was interesting as well. I used to one of the guys who who at the gym who used to box a lot. He used to fight. Uh, he used to find it harder fighting people at his weight. Mm. Um, and used to find he had less nerves fighting bigger people. Oh, because of the like, that he's smaller. Yeah, exactly. And I did the same. I remember, you know, if I ever saw like there was no one in my division, it was like open weight. I was like, yep, I'm jumping in that one. Like. I don't mind fighting guys, you know, two or three divisions heavier than I am. Mm. And that gave me no nerves because if I lost, I'm like, yeah, well, they're bigger than me. Mm. So I gave myself an out and that's how I used to cope with the nerves that way. Um, It's really uh, interesting stuff like that idea of dealing with nerves by giving yourself an out um, if it goes wrong. And if it goes right, you never say anything. If it goes wrong, oh, yeah, I was smaller on wine and had broken hands. (laughs) 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 fucking sake Um, but I'm glad we had none of those issues yesterday I can see what again like why of course you know when you're against people at your weight your age your skill level you've got nowhere to hide yeah if it goes wrong it goes wrong and it's down to you and that causes nerves as well Um, it's kind of almost like everything's against you it's like it's never there to do with the crowd like no one gives a shit who wins let alone who loses like, I can't remember anything about yesterday apart from our guys doing well if you said to me okay what was on this match out of these two guys who won I'm like I don't even remember their fucking faces yeah but we remember the slams didn't we <laughs> yeah we remember the slams like someone someone gets absolutely paced into the ground by in a good fight it's like okay remember that one i still don't you know the guys who got so lammed yesterday i don't even remember their faces or no, their names no it doesn't matter it's not it's not black belt divisions and stuff although uh saying that um if you're going to compete fucking train I don't mean just go to the to to the the uh, mats and get your rounds in. I mean, go to the fucking gym. Yes. Um, and I don't mind if it winds people up saying this, but it's a fucking sport. You wouldn't be expected to do any other sport and not go and f- get physically fit. Football, soccer, whatever, tennis, anything. You don't just go do those things. When you're doing those things and you get in your practicing, but then when you're not doing those things, you go get physically fitter, whatever that requires. Um, I mean, it's easy. I think, wasn't it Marcelo never used to go and work out in a gym? Yeah, but that was Marcelo. That's what people don't understand. Exactly, but he's an outlier. Exactly. So you can't, you're not an outlier. Like, not you specifically, but anyone listen to it. You're not an outlier. You're not Marcelo Garcia. You're not some wizard, unfortunately. You're a regular fucker. And you got to do, those... you gotta do whatever you can to help yourself in it, really. Get, all yeah, the... exa- Get as much as you can in. And that's the thing, like, you know, it's it's that balance of does a jiu-jitsu coach run the workout as well? As mm-hmm. in, you know, we've only got a finite amount of time in a, in a jiu-jitsu gym do we do calisthenics and you know make put people through hard warm-ups i'd say no like my job's here to run jiu-jitsu whilst we've got jiu-jitsu you have all the other hours in the day to go to a fucking gym 
have some discipline. Yeah, definitely agreed. Um, it's a sport, and it was also, I think, I, I you know, Soda said it as well. I think the idea that we try and build up our gyms by selling the idea that jujitsu is for everyone, and that a smaller person can beat a bigger person, and you know, an unfit person who knows technique could beat a fit person who doesn't. And there is some truth in that, absolutely. You know, a, a smaller person can beat up a bigger person. Um, but it's still a fucking sport. And if you have two people who are of a similar skill level and a similar size, the fitter fucker's going to win. Yeah, just size. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's it's like we can't, yeah, we can, we can sell it a little bit, you know, so that absolutely small people can beat bigger people with technique if they don't know anything and variables are in your favor to an extent but again it's a, when you when if you are about comp- competing get physically fit and it's hard to hear that you know especially cuz you know how do you now like 31 31 yeah i'm 36 i'm getting older and things are getting harder um i think that's it was actually an interesting conversation though. so Christian likes doing these Graugart doing these things at the Globetrotters camp so he likes to wind people up by saying like inflammatory things and discussing them and one of the ones is about uh, black belt stripes <laughs> like you know like you get degrees on a black belt yeah and what's the purpose of them like I get belt is to signify skill level like white belt blue belt purple belt etc but what's the purpose of a black belt one Don't it's just time that. Years or something. Yeah. What's the purpose of it? Yeah, just time, really. Because then once you get black belt, you just there's nothing else. It's just three years, just four years, five years, six years, whatever. Well, yeah, the the idea of it, the idea like because you know how they say like oh only a, a two stripe black can or three stripe black can promote someone to black belt. Yeah. It's to make it so there is still an accountability, well, not accountability, but still an ownership. Mm. Like because someone who's been a black belt for four, five, six, you know three or four stripes up now at this point. It's probably old. Yeah. And yeah, okay, they've got probably great technique, but can they hang with an athletic young black belt? No. They get smashed. Um, Yeah, they still need to be relevant. Like, yeah, but you still need me to promote you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I might be 50 and unable to beat you in any way. You could just kick me up and down the room, but you still need me to give you your next stripe. Yeah, I think there's that respect aspect as well, because of the age and stuff, and obviously experience. Well, no, it's it's a way of generating respect, as in, you know, I'm a coral belt, respect me. Yeah. Like, and, like, if I put you in a competition against a young sports person, they're going to kick your ass. And it's, again, it's a, I think it's a martial arts hangover uh, within jiu-jitsu that you don't really see in other combat sports. You know, if a, if a boxer ages up, you know, if they're a decent competitor in their time, respect them for it. You did well in your time, sir. You know some good techniques now as a coach? Fantastic. But that's it. Like, don't uh, create an artificial relevance for yourself. <laughs> that, you know, you have to have me around because I'm the only way you're going to get higher stripes than this. Fuck off. <laughs> it's, it's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's why you have to keep me around because otherwise you ain't going to get stripes on yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know yourself. Yeah, I'm not too bothered. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> what was that? You know what I mean in terms of. I didn't hear you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's for the best. Yeah. I'll go I'll have to go for this recording afterwards and hear what the fuck you just said to me. <laughs> I'll call you up and like <laughs> have a go over the phone. What the fuck? I've got I've got the black and I've got the fight of the stripes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> well, I um, I'm lying because I want to promote my black belt as well. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. As in, if they're a black belt, if you're a black belt, and the other fucker's worthy of it, fuck it. But it's like, do we need these stripes on it? Yeah. It's only there to keep old people relevant <laughs> to the younger ones. Somebody's gonna come at you. Right? Some Brazilian's gonna come at you. I'm telling you. Oh, it's. It's already happening after last week's. Oh, yeah. When I almost set fire to the rainforest. I think, you know what? In for a penny, in for a pound. That's it. Like, if I'm going to come and 
<laughs> torch like, my house. Chill Sonnen, you'd be like Chill Sonnen for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, screw it, screw it, in for a penny. Um, <laughs> I'll message Chell and say, you're not alone now. <laughs> um, well, no, I think there's enough in the UK to, to warrant that, you know, higher level black belts. Again, like, you know, like all these guys who are coral belts, you know, absolute respect to you. Well done. Um, you know, you, you had a great career and you know, you know a lot of technique now. You're probably great coaches because you've experienced. But again, like you don't need to make this artificial thing that I have to keep you around so I can get more stripes off you. Mm. Um, it seems a bit money-making-ish. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. You all gotta <laughs> <Strange>. eat strange. <laughs> Pardon? You all gotta eat. Yeah, I know, but still like trying to artificially create it seems a bit <laughs> like just go do seminars and shit. Yeah. Um I mean that's the other one that Christian says. Uh and again I may torch my career a bit more for saying this, but seminars are pointless. Most of the time. Most of the time, yes. Not mine. Mine are pretty good. I like mm-hmm. my seminars. I hope people get a lot out of them. Um, <laughs> but by and large, you know, you can have these super high level um, instructors in. Not instructors. Scratch that. Super high level, well known athletes in, and they may be dog shit at coaching. Uh, they may just say, "Oh, this is what I do. Fantastic." That's not relevant to me. Like you may scrape a couple of details out. Is it worth the money? Or are you just there to see a famous person and get a photo with them? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a definite skill to to definite difference in being an athlete and being a coach. They're completely two different languages. One is what can I accomplish and how can I get there? And one is how can I get you to where you want to be? Two entirely different things. You can hear it in the language, I think, sometimes, in that when you are an athlete trying to coach, you say, Oh, when I'm here, I do this. But a coach would say, When you're here, you should try and do this. Yeah. Difference. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear more about that idea. Speaking of coaching, sorry, this is going all over the place, right? There's no kind of like it's just darting from one idea to another on this one. Mm. Maybe it's maybe it's late and I've had coffee. Mm-hmm. Teaching jujitsu this way that we've had to go through recently, um, we hear a lot of this uh, like game making games for people, making games instead of drilling. I think game is the wrong word. Mm. in that I think when you you know for anyone who's like been interested in the soda stuff or the stuff that we're kind of doing right now is that when you say you know create a game out of it I think it's easy again I may be completely wrong with what sodas does but I think this makes more sense for how what we're doing is if you just say make a game out of it, people will try and th- turn it back into sparring again. It just becomes situational sparring. Um, so, so, so for example, we're doing uh, a guard situation where, okay, person on top, I want you to not get stuck in any guards. I don't want to get any sort of control over you. You're the, going to be the designated winner. You, This is your drill. You're supposed to win this drill. Person on the bottom, I want you to go through various levels of resistance to try and get forms of guard on them and make a game out of it i think using the word game is the wrong because then it just starts to devolve into something competitive it can as in the person at the bottom can go right well you know i'm I'm going to try and make sure this other person doesn't win and it can go sideways quite fast as in you end up just seeing situational sparring where people are passing and sweeping and shit like that you're like what the fuck are you guys doing this is a drill and i think game is the wrong word i think again also like saying right go through various levels of resistance doesn't really help um, yeah uh, yeah i get you and it's it's person who is drilling 
you are the puzzle solver person who is create who's on the bottom you know adding the resistance levels in is a puzzle creator they're not in competition with each other a puzzle creator isn't in competition with its solver they are one is making something fun and challenging and educational for the other person and the other person is trying to learn from it with the skills they have i mean i think one of the interesting ways of looking at it you play video games right yeah what kind of games do you play uh, well i used to play stuff like call of duty gta fifa and that so <laughs> not the kind of game was it play. um no no I, I play a bit of call of duty as well i mean there's a there's a definite difference between single player and multiplayer and then this is what kind of like is is what i'm trying to get at is in a single player kind of game no it's it's you introduce mechanic like again it's my base understanding of it you know is it from trying to imagine what a level designer would be like is you introduce like everyone's played like played mario one or knows of mario one at this point like you can imagine like you know i'm going to introduce an enemy where you have a jump ability and you're going to jump on that enemy cool and i'll learn to do that and then eventually you're going to come across an enemy that you can't jump on like a turtle and they don't disappear but we're going to introduce a new mechanic of you can now breathe fire so it's adding uh, more complex enemies but more complex mechanics to fix that problem and they're teaching you over time that's the idea of level creation is like you start off very basic and you're introducing new mechanics and new parameters as you go um to uh teach the player how to be better compared to multiplayer which is just fuck you like that's that's sparring like mm-hmm. i'm gonna try and win you're gonna try and win. let's shoot each other yeah. um compared to you know a good video game is there to uh teach you and and educate you and make you a better player over time they don't just chuck you in the deep end and go figure the fuck out Mm-hmm. Uh, and they introduce mechanics slowly and they introduce um, parameters and, and difficulties slowly. And I think that would be a, you know, an interesting way of explaining it as a you know, person on the bottom is you're trying to create levels for that person. You're trying to introduce enemies and then you're introducing new mechanics to it. Like, you know, say for that example on the bottom uh, that we talked about earlier about you know, person on top, deny the other person getting any sort of guard on you. You know, hand fighting and, and spatial awareness. So person on the bottom, right, first off, try and get the back of their legs. Keep it keep it simple. Like keep the complexity down. The enemy you have is you're gonna try and put your legs through their legs. And the person on top is just gonna deny that. Then okay, well, they're dealing with that, it's good. Uh you can add it, you know, a bit more intensity, shall we say, there's more enemies there, but still the same enemy. Okay, right, cool, they dealt with that. Then, you know, if they're happy with that and they, you know, we'll carry on if they're not happy with it if they're still having issues then we can stay there stay on that level go to the next level right okay now you're hunting for behind the legs but also then adding in some hand fighting as well like you're looking for head and arm controls adding a bit more complexity and it's okay that if you hit a certain level and your 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 you know person on top is is having a bit of difficulty stay there till they get it it's okay like don't just keep ramping up resistance thinking you have to go from level one to level ten and by level three, they're dying. And by level 10, you're just like kneeing them in the head relentlessly because you're killing them. Like, let them learn. <laughs> and then, you know, once you once you, you know, have enough of those parameters in and, you know, they've, they're feeling good, then you put them all together, put up the intensity. And it's, a, it's a skill check. It's a boss level. And, and I think having that kind of explanation, instead of it being, I'm not competing against you, that's not my job. You're going to win this. I'm here to educate you. I'm here to add these new parameters for you. And the benefit then is, person at the bottom, you're learning more about how you're going to control someone, how you're going to you know, make things more complex and break the person on top. And so it's a side effect. It makes you better at all. You're not just a compliant partner. You're not just there leaving your body out for the other person to, to drill on for 10 times or something. Yeah, I think that's a massive in gyms, other gyms, man. Like, uh, it's a lot where they do this quantity drilling and it doesn't make sense to me sometimes. I'm like, come on, man. Like, it's so weird going from how we teach and learn now to then going and learn that kind of way where it's that 
sequential quantity stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, do ten arm bars. Yeah, with this setup, and then it never comes around. Like I, I like this idea of creating video game levels. Of right, right, add new complexities, new enemies. But if the other person starts to hit, like, you know, be aware of your partner. Like if they're starting to hit um, too much, you know, adversity. Or like it's just enough. Keep it there. Let them work there. And if it's if it takes, you know, um, the session to do it or a couple of sessions to do it, that's fine. Yeah. Like add the levels when it makes sense to add the levels. Don't just think oh, I'm going to add more complexity for them now. Fuck them. Again, you're not in competition with them. You're here to help them. You're here to educate them and help each other. Um. For me, this kind I mean, of thing, so personally, like, puts the onus on you. You know what I mean? How do you mean? It's it's on you. Like when we leave this uh, open uh, mechanics, we give them mechanics, and they have an open uh, goal. So that we only give them a goal for number one, and then we build the yeah. goal. This is how you're gonna win goal one, and then and by the end, it's like okay, we work from one to five. Now you got five ways to win. You know, just give well, them. Rise. Yeah, giving them time, you know, and and keeping like you know the idea of I want you to create or delete control. Um, like I want you to either control the person or remove control away. Like it's quite easy to like, that's an easy parameter, and leads to you know pretty much everything we ever want. Like we want control or we want the other person to lose control, um, over us, and so you can make the the puzzles around that. Yeah, you know, like uh, especially when we talked about last week, like you know, time, space, and material, is that right? I want you to, you know, person on, you know, say, switch up the drill. Person on top, I want you to to remove space from the person on the bottom. Person on the bottom, I need you to generate space again. And so then the person on top can go, you know, right, I'm going to start on my knees, and we're going to keep it quite light, and I'm just going to be like moving towards you, and you're going to be framing and moving away. Um, then. I'm going to do it from standing and I'm going to be a bit more active or whatever. Um, you know, changing up the game a little bit, changing up the levels, but still being educational. Um, I think that, you know, again, you can kind of revolve a lot of things about that idea of control and drilling that way. Yeah. Uh, and allowing people, again, like, don't just spoon feed them the answers. Go, right, you go come across this, boss, here's a sword. Okay fine i didn't really learn anything um because then you took me in a different situation with the same sword i don't know how to fucking wield it because you killed the boss for me there like i didn't learn anything like give me the chance give me the right environment to learn this for myself find my own way there i know what i'm supposed to be doing i know you know i need to beat this enemy let me find the best way for me to do this, which could be different to most people. And that's one of the most fun things about watching gaming is that there's always a million ways of like solving these same problems. Yeah. Um, and I like that. Maybe because I play a lot of Elden Ring. Yeah, next level game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it's I think it's because I, there isn't that. It's a middle ground between the normal old style of drilling, which is fuck you. Like, uh, um, that's sparring, as in normal style drilling where I'm just going to do what I want and you're going to stay still for me. And then you've got sparring, which is fuck you, let's just go at each other. Mm-hmm. There's not that middle ground. Like, people can't say, oh, am I supposed to stay still or, or kill you? I don't get it. Like, no, you're supposed to help me. What? <laughs> Since when's that been a thing in jujitsu? <laughs> I'm supposed to help you? Like, that's weird. And you have to have time? Mm-hmm. Like, you, we have five minutes or ten reps. I don't get it. Or when coach gets bored. Instead of going, right, no, for the next half an hour, you're going to do this and you're going to add these different levels for each other. Yeah. Again, it feels like it's easy to get stuck in that trap of like, like I said last week, like uh, thinking you need to add complexity every week, like showing a new pass or a new sweep or a new setup or a new submission or something. Um, same as like, it has to be at least three or four techniques in this session, otherwise it wasn't worth it. Like I don't feel I've shown enough. Instead of just going, no, here's half an hour work on this, yeah. get better at this, work together on it, work as a small team, get four people together and work on it. Seems alien. 
Yeah, but it seems to be working. It looks like it's working. We've had good results. I know. I know. I'm, 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 I like this new style of learning. Yeah. Mostly yeah. because I don't have to do anything. I can just go have a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, not uh, really. We got spanking training if we don't put the fucking work in these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude, like, talking about that whole idea of like hitting the gym again, I have to hit the gym now just because it's like i felt such a level jump since we started doing this and especially you know especially the visualization stuff and the easy recall stuff of going right control the space and all of a sudden like you're inspiring and you there's no breathing room when they're on you like i can't stop the madness from coming at me like i need to get fitter because <laughs> otherwise again you kind of think maybe it's that ego thing again of like i'm a black belt i should be able to win <laughs> Instead of thinking, no, I'm the fucking coach. Who cares what color my belt is? It's rainbow, apparently, according to Brazil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, I think yesterday was, you know, going back to why we've done all this and the results from yesterday. Definitely there was some ring rust in there. Like Some of the guys, you know, definitely could tell they hadn't competed in a while. And there is, you know, same as anything that you have to get yourself out there regularly uh, otherwise it's hard mm. um but i'll be interested to see like you know taking some of these results back and going right okay let's play these things in this way let's see how these improve uh work more on visualization and recall uh that i think that is a really good route to go down um and see where we're on a year with more competition results underneath us and more practice in that Good start, though. Good start. Yeah, yeah. I know you. Uh, you had your the guys from your your gym as well who competed. Yeah. And you gave them a uh, good talk, motivational speech. Yeah, good good talking too. <laughs> because again, they it was the same game plan. We're doing the same stuff. It's just their quantity of training. They're not putting the work in. One times a week is not going to get you wins in competition. It's as simple as that. And then not doing anything outside of that either. You know, it's like or playing football or going doing other things. It's like, you ain't going to win. And they realised that. So they all agreed with what I said to them. So they just need that wake-up call. Um, there's a quote by Chris Halter. And he, um, I like it. It's from one of the Globetrotters camps. And he said that environment is stronger than will. Like, I think that's a, a nice one as well, especially for people who have like dieting issues. Yeah. Is if you your will is is not as strong as you think it is. It, it, if you surround yourself by unhealthy shit bags, you will become an unhealthy shit bag. Yeah. And you know, so if if you're having dieting issues, like you got to think the people you're around, like. You know, you're around, you know, is everyone in your house eating shit as well? Because it's going to be there and your will could only get you so far. If you surround yourself by unhealthy shit bags, you're going to become one. And same as like the coaches there to create the environment in the gym. Like we have to have strong will. We have to create the environment. Um, And so if the gym is full of you know, you got to think about the, the the gym you want to create and the style you want to create, and it's a sport. At the end of the day, if you want your guys to do well, your guys and girls to do well in competition, create the environment and make that the the will of the gym. As in, you know, we're going to be fit, we're going to be healthy together, um, and the environment will pull everyone along with it. Yep. If we're not putting the effort in, you know, if the gym isn't putting the effort in, the coach isn't putting the effort in, uh, and the rounds are easy and there's never any emphasis on improving it, then you can't expect one person then to go out and break that mold. Exactly. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot. It's hard. No, hopefully I could, I did get a positive response. So, you know, I put a few rules in place as well. Like, if you want to compete, you got to do X, Y, and Z. So we'll see how it yeah. goes. <laughs> I've heard that before. Like, some coaches say, like, you know, if you don't hit these these uh, amounts of training sessions and shit, I won't let you compete under our name. Yeah, I get that now. But again, it's that balance. Like, I remember reading an article years ago of like, uh, you know, the tough era, early tough era kind of 
um, guys who are in the UFC who have like, since retired, you either open up the doors and make it easy and get everyone in your gym and teach, you know, mom and pops <laughs> folks. And okay, you'll make a lot of money, but satisfaction, is it going to be there? Maybe that's what you want. But especially if you've been a fighter, like it's a bit hard. Or you coach wild athletes and you, there's only going to be few and far between on these savages, but you surround yourself by people who are like you and it's once upon a time it keeps you engaged. Yeah. Um, you know, one earns money, one does not. Uh, <laughs> so it's that, it's that choice. Like, and um, you know, I do understand that taking this route has to be a choice of going right right it's going to be hard work every session um and not everyone's going to enjoy it that's fine there's enough jujitsu out there if you don't want to train hard go elsewhere yeah. <laughs> it's okay that's it's okay to be a dick that's literally what i said i said look i don't mind you training with me and i want you i want you to go and train other places as well but and we've got the facility to do that as well locally but you know, if you're not going to train at least three, four times a week, if you want to compete, it's pointless you, you know, going in there because you're just wasting your time, my time, and you're going to make yourself look really bad at the end of the day because it's all about you. You know, it's entirely up to you what you want. If you want to just coast, then fair enough. But there's registers in independent then or register from in another gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. So hopefully, yeah. Well, again, it's like, it's our job as a coach and sometimes it's not a pleasant thing to hear is that, you know, if if, if an athlete is like, right, well, yeah, I want to win competition. Okay. Get in the fucking gym. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, I'll create the environment for you. I'll make the environment uh, enough to carry you, but you need to put yourself in that environment. Yeah. Um, and I'll help, I'll get you there. That's my job. Um, and I'll put everything in my, uh, use everything at my disposal to get you there. But you have to be here for me to do that. If you don't arrive, then I can't help you. Exactly. Um, then you got, you know, I guess if there's people who want to understand jujitsu, which, you know, I've, bit of a weird thing to say but i think everyone should like you know if you come to jiu-jitsu you want to understand the sport mm. and you know it's up to a coach again to find the best ways of creating receptive you know um information you know is what you're doing working to the best and again that goes back to what was so said about danaher it's okay to like fuck up teaching it's okay to be wrong and yeah. go actually no what we did there was shut uh sorry i'm I, I know this is better now it still makes me laugh like people come up to me like and say oh yeah but you said they should do this like you know when I, I did a private with you like three or four years ago and you said do this <laughs> three or four years ago <laughs> i'm like yeah i was wrong i i thought it was right at the time sorry i was wrong we're just, <laughs> just moving so many moving fast so fast forward so fast you know what i mean yeah. and it's okay for coaches to move as well as in if new information comes along that completely unravels what you said before admit it say yeah fucked up i was wrong like that video the one that got me out there how to defend everything yeah at least 50 percent of that's wrong <laughs> at least yeah. maybe more and like you know i did i redid it like you know obviously we did it last year for fanatics and even now, there's more to add to it. I'm good. I'm glad. I'm glad we're making progress. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't there previously. <laughs> I'm doing better now. Um, but I think that, again, it's like, you have to have that for your athletes to be able to go, you know what, I'm, I'm trying to do better for you. And I'm, I want you to do the best you can. And I'll improve myself to get you there. Yeah. That means admitting I was wrong and accepting I was wrong and being humble enough and having the humility to go, right, it was, here's 
the best I can do for you now. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why I think we were ready on Thursday to go. Well, this is wrong. There's going to be a f- an interesting fucking go around, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the hard work and sweat we've been pouring out. Yeah, I might have been wrong on that front. So, uh, back to the drawing board. <laughs> <laughs> um, weirdly enough. Uh, so speaking of that, like, um, I am actually looking at adding to how to defend everything. I'm doing do a, a few episodes on Patreon, just like new ideas to kind of add to it, like how to defend everything 3.0. <laughs> um, so I, you know, all the stuff kind of talked about, you know, something that came out in the Fnatic DVD is obviously still relevant. The defend every against everyone one that came out last year, but there's definitely some new stuff that needs putting in there. Yeah. So I thought let's put it on Patreon. So anyone who's listening, Another another plug for that thing. Um, especially again, you know, even, even though it's been a year, um, I'm glad we can add more to it. Yeah, I'm glad we actually know better now and and new ways of learning. Especially after the how to learn everything video came out on fanatics, like we you know we completely reevaluated like how do we actually teach this? Mm. <laughs> like, like it's wild to think that you know, there are guys on our team who got gold yesterday, yeah, who don't even know what guard is, yeah, <laughs> who didn't even play it. Like they're like, I don't know what to do when my back hits the floor. Chris yeah. just hits me. <laughs> I just get up. Just tells us to get up. Get up. Get up. <laughs> he just, I just, I just put my arms out and stand up as fast as I can. <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. Um, when do you think, like, where do you feel there's a space for submissions then after watching yesterday? I think, uh, to be fair, the way they were hunting him wasn't bad, man. Because, like you said earlier, the, the submissions that we did get were all on top of the, the top finishes. Um, well, that's what I mean, as in, but the. The guys who are blue belts, yeah, they did go hunting for top yeah. submissions. But as in the guys who don't know what submissions are, <laughs> who haven't seen any yet, when do we put those in for them? Yeah, that's a good question, you know, because it's like there's still a lot of stuff that we need to make better. You know, as much as everything was good, there, there were a couple of weak spots, especially when they were getting caught in stuff in like close guard, for, for example. Um, yeah. But... Uh, I think still, again, if the white belts, that dominance, you've got to drill it into them. And submissions, like, they don't need to know hundreds. There's On top, once you're inside control, if you want to go for stuff that you want to stay on top on, you've only really got, like, arm triangles and stuff. Uh, and mounted, like, yeah. like f- and it's, straight arm bars. Yeah. Not, even, not normal arm bars, just pinned out arm bars. Americanas and all that stuff. Kimuras, top Kimuras and stuff. Yeah. So, it's like... You know, if we could just teach them that, and then you know, we need we got. I think we got some leg lock defense to do as well. I know we didn't get caught in any leg locks, but you know, it's still uh, majorly there. Or it should be relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Again, I think it's the the not wanting to rush things. Yeah. As in, there's still work for dominance. Yeah. There's so much work for us to do. There's work for positional control, and when it's kind of I think once the narrative is set but people are like okay right I understand position over everything mm. and they're always going to have that in their head that I will always hunt position over everything then you know once that's kind of like drilled in that idea then you can introduce submissions because otherwise if you see the submission again it was interesting in the competition because I did say this in like some of the, the visualization and comp prep work is that if you see the submission as the only path to victory, you will... If you see the submission as as the most important thing and fear is taking over you and nerves, you'll hunt for the submission relentlessly despite how much it might actually fuck you up. And it was interesting watching some of those fights where people would like throw things away looking for submissions, like good position. At one point, I think... I think we were standing next to each other at one point. I was, we both looked at each other and just looked at this like one fight where someone threw away like mount for a terrible submission. We both looked at each other and went, well, "That was fucking stupid." <laughs> um, and you think, "Well, no, because you're afraid. You want out of this. Like you're, you're the stress of the fight. 
is causing you now to think, I want the fuck out of here. Like, I need to get the submission. You know, you're in a five-minute fight. It's not hard. Like, it's not, it's not that fucking taxing on you. And you're like, nope, I want fuck out of here. I want this over. I'm going to hunt for it. I want the submission to be there. And it fucks up, and now you've fucked everything. Yeah. Um, instead of just going, no, actually, I'm here to dominate you. I'm here to spend five minutes sitting on your head. <laughs> like, if you can get that as the clean narrative and uh, the clean mindset in people, then the, you can have completely reframe like what is a, you know the competition is there for them to torture someone. Like, if the submission's there, great, but I want to go in there and just hold someone down and enjoy it. <laughs> and that was like watching them do that. They're always going to win because they're always going to get points at least. And if the yeah. subs there, great. If it's not, they're enjoying the the feeling of holding another human being down. Yeah. Um. And it's it's making sure that that is the thing that sticks before then. Okay, right. Here's some submissions. Use them sparingly. Only use them if you absolutely have to. <laughs> Otherwise, enjoy dominating. There's a lot of competition. I definitely the uh, this week definitely do a lot of more visualization work. Definitely a lot more trigger stuff. Yeah. Like being able to just. Just build on do it, a lot of this work and do recall work like right this and it happens um because those that had that yesterday did well yeah those who could just hear the coaching go right recall go um maybe we should make some sort of release on this <laughs> well anyone listen to this like let us know if that uh, any of this has helped like yeah, yeah. you know it's uh, i don't know if how much information out there is on you know competition mindset and you know the, the the mental aspect of all this um and it's the most important part of getting over those competition nerves and you know the, the over time you kind of gain the experience same with anything else that you can deal with it you find your own way but especially when you're a white belt or blue belt and there's barely any information out there like how do you get over it Yeah, that's I wish I'd known this stuff. Yeah, there isn't that much. Right, you don't hear about it much. You can only like really get that information if, like, again, uh, if you have seminars with some of these good athletes, and then you can speak to them about their mindset and how they go about it. Um, yeah. So there isn't really much of stuff out there. But even then, like we've, we've asked those questions in seminars before, and we don't really get clean answers. No. Apart from those who maybe went to sports psychologists and stuff. Yeah. But we didn't really get that many good answers out of it. No. Um, well, like, you know, the fact that it it happens, you know, the, the idea of being able to create recall happens in the gym months and sessions before the actual competition. Like, it's not stuff that you just go, right, well, I'm competing at the weekend. Shit, we better do some stuff then. <laughs> like... It's like, no, it has to be recallable from the drilling to the sparring to then being able to do the same in competition. Yeah. Um, the, you know, you can be visualizing and, and manifesting these ideas. And then the second you start to waver, just have like a trigger word to then get back into the game plan again. That coach can see, right, he's wavering, he's wavering. Trigger word, straight back in the game again. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's our new experiment. It is, indeed. <laughs> uh, pleasure as always, sir. Yeah, uh, are you, uh, we'll be, I'm sure, training again tomorrow once yeah. this is out on, uh, so it would have already happened by the time anyone listens to this. And I'm sure we would have had a great time. Um, yeah, back to four. If anyone is listening to this, please drop a message mm-hmm. if there's anything you want to talk about. Like, I'm sure we have ideas on some things. Um, or anything about this, you know, anything about this idea of competition prep or, or lesson creation has has sparked an interest in any way and gone, huh? That's interesting. Again, it's, you know, there's not much. And that's things like listen to sodas. Like he had like scientific breakdown for all these things. I'm just like, yeah, this seems to work. Um, I've had these ideas in the past on other coaches. Seems to work for us. Um. If anyone wants to like add to this, please do. 
there's always you know I've always got a list of talking points to to have a chat with Naki about, but I'd always like more. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. Uh, yeah. So thank you for everyone who's listened. Thank you for for Naki for it's great always speaking to you, sir, and oh, thank sharing you. this. Thank you. I enjoy the picture of us coaching on opposite mats oh, yeah, working you, together you for everyone. That. You gotta post that. Uh, I'm I'm posting it in a second. <laughs> Um, but yes that has been a, another episode of Reap the Week I'm pretty sure that was episode 20 or 21 or something like that <laughs> uh, speak to you next week uh, thank you for your time thank you very much see you soon